Have you ever wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? You know, the thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world more like Jesus than we found it. I know, and that's why I'm here. My name is Rebecca Dotson-George. I'm a speaker, writer, career coach, and just all around excited to be in your earbuds for the next few minutes. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering you on as you make God known in and through your creative mission. Here's the thing though, I know sometimes you can get discouraged. I'm not good enough. I don't know where to start. I can't do as good of a job as she's doing. These are all lies that we sometimes believe and I'm here to help you debunk those lies that are ruling your mind about your mission and replace them with truth from God's word. So. Buckle up, because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. Welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Do you ever get to the end of a podcast and just think, man, I am not done with that conversation. Girl, me too. And I love hearing from you about how not only the show is encouraging you, but also what God is stirring up in you as a result. And I just really wanted the opportunity to connect one-on-one with more of you. And that's why I've created a Patreon community. Patreon is an online platform that hosts bonus content and provides creators a way to hang out with their audience in a more intimate way. So here's how I'm going to use it. There are three tiers. First is the bestie tier, which will include access to the platform and extra conversations with all our guests that only Patreon besties will get to hear. These questions will not be shared here on your podcast platform. Then there's the VIP party tier. This includes the bestie tier and you get invited to a VIP party once a month on Zoom where we get to hang out, get to know one another better and maybe do some coaching in a group session from time to time. And then finally, there is the calling coach tier. In this tier, you'll be able to access the previous tiers plus have a 30 minute coaching call per month with me to talk about anything podcast, ministry or career related. How fun does this sound? So come on over to Patreon by downloading the app or visiting patreon.com and search Do The Thing Movement. I can't wait to meet you inside the community. Hey friend, I'm so happy to be with you today. We get to welcome a new friend to the show, Jeanette Tapley. Jeanette hosts the podcast, It's Time for Coffee, and she is super passionate about adult friendships. And we talk all about that today. Such an important topic, especially right now. And I just loved our chat and I think you're going to love it too. I was also on It's Time for Coffee. We were kind of swapped interviews the day that we recorded and we talked on her show a lot about just goals and hustle culture and how to see our work through a biblical worldview. And I think that was a super important conversation as well. So hop on over to her show and listen to our talk there as well. But I am looking forward so much to introducing you to my new friend, Jeanette. So let's welcome her to the show. Jeanette, I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you for being with me. Oh my gosh. Thanks for hanging out with me. This is, as you know, like when you get to be on this side, it's so much fun just to like chat. I know. And it's so fun to get to chat with friends who are like 
running in the same direction and we've been in this kind of around the same season and which is so fun that we're talking about friendship today. It's very fitting considering like this is the first time you and I have met, but we have run in the same circles for a long time. We're both podcasters, content creators, writers. So you're just my kind of girl. And I'm so excited to share a little bit about um, just you and the work that you do. So for people who have not come across your show yet or have not come across you or your book, walk us through a little bit of like, who is Jeanette? I hate that question, but because you're you and I want to introduce my people to you, I need you to answer that. Yeah. Okay. It's so funny because you always start with like, well, I'm Jeanette. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I am a wife. Uh, Jesse and I were just joking the other day because we've been married for this summer. No. So this summer we'll have been dating together. I've only kissed him for 18 years. That's crazy. Which is mind blowing. And so I'm like, that's so long. Maybe at 17, we'll be married. Something like that. It's a word. It might be eight, 17 together. Maybe it's anyways, it's way long and I'm so thankful for that. But I'm also like, how in the world have like, how are we that old is kind of what it comes down to. Like, how are we this grown up? Yeah, but we are. And it's been great. So we've been together for that long. And then we have um, three kids. We have Ezekiel, Titus and Zoe. um, And they are like 15, 15, 13 and like 10, 11, something like that. They're big. And, um, we're just like grown ups. It's a weird season to be in, like where we're just like grown ups. And, um, our daughter Zoe's adopted and she's deaf. And so we're an ASL using family. So, um, people always kind of see us coming. And then, um, myself, I am a podcaster. Like I always say, like podcaster first and foremost, cause that's kind of where it started. Uh, I host the podcast. It's time for coffee where we sit down weekly with friends um, just kind of breaking down that loneliness barrier. Cause I feel like we know that we are one of the loneliest generations. And so it's like my job to like, no, we're all friends here and you might be doing mundane tasks, but the beauty of technology is like, I can do those tasks with you. Just pop in your earphones and like, I'll do the dishes with you. Just hang out. Um, and do you know that feeling I, you and I were just talking about this, like, how like having a cup of coffee with a friend or like having just like sitting down and chatting with somebody like fills your heart so much. Like that is what it's time for coffee is all about. And so I do that. And then I have a book titled it's time for Jesus where it's a 30 day devotional all about believing the truth of who you are, right where you are. And then um, just as a person, as a human, like what God called me to be or called me to do. I'm super, super passionate about friendship and how, um, how we need it. It's not just like this, like extra luxury, but it's like a necessity in our lives. So that's kind of like, that's me, like all wrapped up in a dangly earring bow. (laughs) Love it. Also, I love your dangly earrings that people are not going to be able to see. They're so cute. I, I, I keep telling myself, I need to remember to put jewelry on when I do things like this, because, um, I just, I never do that when I'm just like alone in my house and then I'll get to talk to somebody really fun and I'll be like, man, why did I not like change clothes before I got on here? (laughs) If you saw my Um, desk, like I have so much jewelry on my desk because I take off bracelets. I take off rings. I'm sitting typing. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. And so then I can just like pop stuff on when I do calls. Yeah. I need that. I need just like an earring organizer sometimes somewhere like in my office so I can just like grab something. Yes. That's what we need in our lives. So <laughs> I, I love that you are so passionate about friendships and 
man, you're just my kind of girl, because that's something that's so important in my own life. And I think something that we don't talk about enough is what that looks like as an adult, what it looks like as a mom, what it looks like as a wife and, you know, somebody who wears a lot of hats and you're having to manage a lot in your life. And so I'm just curious, I want to hear how you became so passionate about this. Yeah, I think it stems from, um, I've always had people around me. I'm a pastor's kid. I know you're a pastor's wife. So I think that there's this, um, correlation there where you can feel really lonely. But then I decided early on, like I have to have friends. Like, and I think that's just how one, how God wired me. Like, I I think that I needed people around me all the time, like to, to be a friend. I don't know. That's, it's a weird way to say that. But, um, I think that as I've grown up, I was one of the first friends of mine to get married. Like I said, we got married when I was 18. And so we got married super young And then all of these friends went off to college. Like I got married in October. All my friends are at school. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, well, here I am in this new stage of life where I'm alone. Like, so what am I going to do about it? And that's kind of like how I've always kind of viewed friendship was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like I can one sit and be super lonely or I can do something about it and I can, I can choose to make a friend or I can choose to like comment on those girls likings. Like, Hey, those are cute. What do you, where'd you get those? Or just communicate that a little bit better. So I think I became passionate about it because I found myself in a season lacking and I had to sink or swim. And then when we moved to Texas, it was the same thing. We moved here. We knew nobody. God really pulled up all of our roots and it was sink or swim. Like you can be in this situation and you can flourish or you can be in this situation and drown. And I am not going to go down that way. Yeah. Yeah. We had a similar season in that way. So our stories are a little bit flip-flopped. So for me, I was in nine weddings before my own. And so I was in that season of like, God, I don't know how many more aisles I can walk down in a dress that's not white <laughs> and it's not my yeah. own wedding. And I had done like all the celebrating and planned all the bachelorette parties and done it all for all my other people. And I was very much in a season of like, okay, God, when is it going to be my turn? And so then I, I get married and I moved about nine hours from my family and basically everything I've ever known in Tennessee, which is where I spent my entire life until we got married in, into a small town of about 12,000 people where I was now a pastor's wife, which was a new thing. I was in the middle of a new church family. I was in a new place and man, nothing will challenge so much of you and so much of your ability to relate to people and all of that as a season like that. And so I've had to learn how to navigate this very thing. And so I was super excited to have this conversation because I'm kind of on the other side in the wake of an extreme season of change, relationally speaking. I just think it's so important. There's not enough out there. There's not enough conversations that are being had about how to manage, um, adult friendships. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and so I'm curious, like, as you have conversations on your show, as you have kind of taken a look in the rearview mirror at your own life, what are some of the pitfalls that you see 
often in friendships and like, how do we do better? How do we combat those? Yeah. I think that it starts with realizing that friendship isn't just a luxury. Like I think when we get busy, our lives kind of, um, pick up, you know, we throw on all these different hats and, um, and we often will throw off the hat that kind of takes the most time or like, isn't, doesn't flow so naturally into the season that we're in. And so often that's friendship. And so then we find ourselves, um, as a wife or a mom and we're, and we're juggling these different things and we're, and we're lonely. And so I think that that's a pitfall, right? Like mm-hmm. shedding off this luxury friendship sets us back so much because then we're lacking and and then once you're lacking then it's hard to like make up for that does that make sense like yeah once you're already in a deficit it's hard to kind of climb out of that and so i think that um the biggest pitfall we find is this verbiage and i know that you are like me where our words really matter mm-hmm. and i cannot stand this verbiage and i will like like tattoo it on me I don't know what I'll do like raise this flag or whatever but I am just like so anti the verbiage that friendship is just too hard like it's just too hard or talk it it costs too much or I've been hurt before so I can't do it again and let me tell you I've been hurt and it sucks and it's so hard but friendship is like it's hard because it's holy yeah Jesus modeled friendship for us um Bible characters like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abendo modeled friendship for us. So we know that it's important. It's important to Jesus because he had people around him. So it's not a luxury. Granted, the time that we get to spend with our people can be very much a luxury. Sure. But it's a necessity because the Bible says like where two or more are gathered, there will be an answer to prayer. It says um, where one falls down, if there's not another one to pick him up, like he's kind of lost or three or more can't be broken. And there's just, there's all of this verbiage around being stronger in community and being better in community and being called up in community. And that wouldn't be the case if God was like, this is just the luxury for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. And I've even started realizing about myself during quarantine that if I don't take a little bit of ownership of Mm -hmm. what we're talking about, I will start to struggle or I'll start to place blame on other people, right? Like, why hasn't she reached out or why had, and I think even as a pastor's wife or a pastor's kid, you can grow up in a ministry family and start to those like roots of bitterness or resentment can grow in you simply because of the title that you bear. Right. And so during 2020, I mean, I mean, I was lonely (laughs) before the pandemic, right? right? Like I was in a small town in a new place going through the season of change before COVID-19 hit us. And then when we were so super isolated, um, not much about my life day to day had changed, but everybody around me's life began to change. And so I started realizing like a week or two would pass without kind of having like a lunch date with a friend or something like that. And I would really start to struggle. I mean, I could see um, just that shift in me in the type of mood I was in and the, the level of patience I had with my husband or, you know, whatever it was. And I just began realizing like, no, I need to take ownership of that. I need to look at my schedule and see, okay, when this week could I have a coffee with so-and-so like maybe I'll rotate each week. I'll try to Mm -hmm. see somebody different, whether it's coffee or going on a walk or, um, I mean, nothing about it has to be complicated, right? Like, right. I think that's something that we, 
um, often we'll use as an excuse too is our time, or at least I do. And I'll own that. For sure. And especially like as, as our schedules, like you're saying, like we get busy and we have kids and we're shuffling things around. Like the yeah. best way to combat it, I think, is like you're saying, like you have to like recognize it within yourself first. Like, well, what am I what am what am I feeling like as lacking? Mm-hmm. And then how can I do that instead? And I know I think it's Bailey Hurley says, like, be the friend you need. Yeah. And I think that that's such an urgent thing that we have to kind of call up in ourselves because yeah. um, so often. I will find myself so insecure. Did I make them mad? Did I, did I do something wrong? Did I offend somebody? And instead we're all just busy. And so I have to shed off a lot of insecurity to be the friend I need. So, so often it looks like taking that first step, sending a text, um, going to the gym together, like making the best of that time that we said, like is so precious and so valuable. So like make the best of it. Um, My best friend and I became really good best friends. And actually most of the friends I met here in Texas, I met because of a gym and gym classes Mm -hmm. and, and working out together. And there's no better way to be raw and real in friendship, sweating to death. Yeah. Like there's just like, you're just so real and so vulnerable. And I'm not a makeup wearing gym person. I look like death. And so if they really loved me, then they'll love me now. Yeah. That's so good. I, had this span of time during quarantine where there were a few women that are young moms in our church that really just needed like time away from their babies. And I totally used that as a friendship opportunity (laughs) because I was lonely. And so we would run together several times a week. And I mean, we'd go at like 5am and you're so right. Like there's nothing more vulnerable than like the people that see you. Cause outside of that, like only my husband sees me at 5am. And so we just, um, we just loved that time. And it was just, it was something that I was doing anyway. And I just invited other people into that. And I think that those are some of the spaces that we take for granted in our friendships. And, um, and it can really bring us so much joy when we just invite others to that table. So I love that. I love that so much. And, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but I'm just wondering, you know, (laughs) everything about our lives has shifted over the last year. And so as you think about friendship specifically, even in your own life, what has God really put on your heart in this season, just in terms of loving your people well, when maybe nothing about life looks normal, what does that look like for you? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. What like, a question. What, would you kind of like, <laughs> what, what is normal these days? Uh, no, I think, the best example I have of this right now is like I said, my best friend um, here in Texas, she just had a baby. And so mm-hmm. life for me right now looks like going to her a lot. This is her fifth one. Like God bless her. This is her fifth baby. And, and I love her children so dang much that I get to, when I get to go be with them, it's me being an intentional friend by loving and serving her kids, serving her husband, like serving just in her yeah. home and loving them right there. Um, we've walked through um, just the the awfulness in our past of um, a friend losing a child. And that season looked like us going into their home and cooking dinner, sweeping the floors, just sitting while they were silent. And that's awful and it's hard, but it also is just, it's the only way that we need to be friends in that season. And during COVID, it was setting up coffee dates. Like, yeah. hey, we're all trapped at home. Um, Fridays, the kids have a little bit lighter of a, of a school day. Why don't we meet at seven o'clock in the morning on Saturdays and on Zoom and have coffee together? Mm-hmm. Like, I need my people 
And if I need you, then I need you to need me. And being mm-hmm. 100% honest in that saying like, I'm lonely. Like yeah. you're my friend. Like I, I need you here. Um, and so I think that it's, it's kind of looking at all of our friendships and, and look like having, like looking at it with God, right? Like, cause we, cause we're like, okay, these are the people you place in my life. Like, how do I steward these relationships well? And then it's serving. And, um, I think often we look at friendship, um, and this might get me in a little bit of trouble. We look at friendship as kind of like a self-serving thing, right? Like mm-hmm. what can I gain from this relationship or, or what are you going to, how are you going to love me? When in turn, I think friendship is is kind of servant based, where we have to look at serving our people, and that's what God's really, really turned around for me in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's so good, and it's both and, right? Like, right, they are life giving to us, but it is also our responsibility to serve and love well the people that God's yeah. put in our path. So I love that so much. It's so good. So one of the things that we do that I love is we allow our patrons the opportunity to ask our guests questions. So we let them know, Hey, like I'm talking to Jeanette about friendship. What do you want to know about friendship? And they can turn in their questions, which is super fun. So for people who are listening and you are not already subscribed to Patreon, that's know that that's one of the things that you get to do, which is super fun. And so we had a question turned in from our patron, Janelle. We've already kind of covered this a little bit, but I'll give you the chance to just share anything else that you'd want to share here. She says, keeping friends when you're an adult is hard. Yes. Amen. Janelle, because of busy schedules and kids. So what is one thing that you think is key to make sure you're continuing to connect with friends? Yeah, I have a friend. uh, She's actually my pastor's wife and I adore her. Um, but the winds changed and our and our friendship changed um, because Zoe had just come home. Her kids were going into school. She was going to work. Like, like literally, this the wind is like Mary Poppins. The wind changed yeah. and we just weren't together anymore. And it was it was abrupt and it was almost like hurtful. But it was almost like you couldn't like like at that season I couldn't figure out what changed. I was you know drowning in, in adoption, so it was fine. Yeah. Um. So. I, my best advice here is like to, to look at your friendships and not like evaluate them, but very much, very intentionally say, okay, if I know I can pour into two friendships really well, then I have to go all in on those friendships and you almost have to like set boundaries. And I um, heard somebody on my podcast was talking about like they had, she had this really great coffee date with a friend and it was like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to meet up again. This was so great. And the, the other person said, Hey, I just want you to know, like I'm kind of maxed out right now. So if I don't text you um, it's because I'm kind of like, I'm at my capacity for friendship. And she was like, ouch, like that hurt so bad. But at the same time, it gave her a clear boundary to know like, okay, this is a friend I can text with. And then I can set up coffee like every once in a while, but it's not a friendship that I can have having weekly coffee dates or really like kind of like pour my heart out to because she's not going to reciprocate it. Mm-hmm. And I like, it kind of like jarred me because I'm like friends with everybody. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do this. But then I find myself feeling really bad when I drop the ball. Or when I don't respond or when I don't have the capacity to have coffee. But then I'm realizing, okay, I have to set better boundaries around my friends. And it's not that nobody else can get in. It's just saying like, hey, I really want to pour into you as a friend, but it's going to look a little bit differently. It'll look like this or it'll look like this instead of like the people that are like the people we quarantined with. You know, that looks totally differently than the friendships I have with some of my friends on the Internet. Yeah. So I think keeping friends, busy schedules, all of that kind of goes down to like, what's your priority? 
what do you want in this friendship? Mm -hmm. And then how are you able to connect fully or set a boundary where it's just understood where it's just a little bit different of a relationship? Yeah, that's so good. And I always, when I talk about boundaries, I always come back to the thought of like boundaries feel constricting, but in reality, they free us up. And when you think about what you just said and how that conversation probably felt jarring to that friend on your podcast. Yeah, I I get that. I would feel the exact same way. Like that actually really hurtful to me. But when you step back and you really think about it, it's like, wait, no, like I know what I can expect from this relationship. And that actually really challenges me because that's so against the grain of how like that feels so uncomfortable to me. But like, I applaud that. Um, and I just, I want to be more of that person because the alternative is disappointing people. And so, and that like is like nails on chalkboard to me. And so, um, I love that. I love that thought. And that challenges me even in my own life of how to just set up boundaries. That's so important. Yeah. It's so hard because to think about saying that to somebody like, you know, I'm an Enneagram nine. So I'm like, everybody's best friends and I'll never, but to let somebody down or to think that like, yeah, we can have coffee weekly. This is doing me totally great. But like, I don't have that capacity. And I love, I think it was, is it Lisa Turkers that wrote the best? Yes. Like when you're saying yes to something else, you're saying no to something else. I'm like, man, I really want to make my yeses matter. And that means maybe not giving everything to, to different, you know, like pouring out little bits of your cup, like at some point you're empty. And so it's jarring, but it's also like, it's so, it's so freeing as well. Yeah. That's so good. That is great advice. I love that so much. So I am so excited to go on over to our Patreon page and get to know you a little bit better. So for people who um, are like, what is Patreon or what does that even mean? What you'll do the easiest place to find it is just to hop on over to my Instagram page and you can go to the link in my bio. Everything's there. Um, there's different tiers that you can join. And so every tier, no matter which one you join, you get access to eight bonus episodes a month where we just like basically have a lightning round with all our guests and get to know them better. So you can go on over there now and listen to our bonus episode with um, Jeanette. But I just want to thank you again, Jeanette, for being with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I am so thrilled to have you be a part of this community. I wanted to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, did you know that when people rate and review podcasts on Apple Podcasts, it actually helps more people come across the show? And when that happens, the messages we're sharing get spread even further and we get to encourage more people. I can't think of anything more fun than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would do something that would take just two minutes of your time. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a written review. Tell me all about how the show is encouraging you and invite others to listen in. It truly means the world to this girl on the other side of the mic. And then number two, if you're loving the show and want even more content from Do The Thing Movement, hop on over to our Patreon page on your desktop or mobile device to listen to after the show bonus interviews, attend live Zoom parties, and receive extra coaching. Simply download the Patreon app or do it on your desktop device and search Do The Thing Movement. I would love to see you over there in that community. Thanks again for listening, and I can't wait to be back with you next episode. Same time, same place. Bye, friends.